You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. They say that we don't stop playing because we get old, but we do get old because we stop playing. There's an awful lot of truth in this statement. And today I'm talking to Sinan Rabi, an executive coach, who's also the first person I've met who's qualified to lead Lego serious play sessions with his clients. Lego, as we all know, is an iconic toy brand, and it's entertained and educated generations of kids in equal measure. However, it's also being used to shake things up in the corporate world. So I was really curious to find out how it all worked. Here's what I found out. So, Sinan, here we are, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Taken a while to get to this stage, but I'm glad we're here. So I wanted to ask you, first of all, what drew you to Lego Serious Play as a method? Oh, it's, I mean, I guess so many things, really. I, um, you know, it's a, it's a childhood favorite. You know, it's an absolute uh, icon uh, of a product. But when I was, it, it came up twice in my um, professional career in the sense of when I was learning uh, at business school, um, going through some strategy uh, modules, it was thrown in there as a, a way of crafting an innovative strategy. Mm. We didn't actually manage to play with it, but we definitely spoke about it. And this really got me quite interested, yeah. quite intrigued as to what, what, what could this thing be? What could this thing do? I saw some radical pictures uh, up, on the, up on the screen of, of these ridiculous towers and Nothing that really looked like anything. So it wasn't as if someone built a car and you were like, there you go, there's a car. It's a fun thing. It was, it was messy, kind of strange objects. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot about it for a number of years. And then when I got into coaching, we were talking about being playful. We were talking about um, different ways of, of having dialogue and, and kind of getting to, to, to the end subject in non-judgmental ways. But someone suggested to me that you seem like quite a playful sort of a person. Why don't you try doing this? And I finally thought, yes, this is my opportunity. This really does start to make sense with what I do and, and how I want to do it. So I I threw myself into trying to get onto some sort of uh, course facilitator course uh, and that's where the drama began <laughs> well uh, these days i mean you're working with um sort of financial institutions and stuff and places that you know you don't really associate with having a lot of fun necessarily or being able to be playful with things because it's numbers and it's right answers and wrong answers um and of course you know like you said so many people have um, childhood memories of Lego and pretty much everyone has played with it in some version at some point in time. When you get to the stage where you're um, asking someone who goes to work in a suit and tie every day and crunches numbers to 
get into playing with Lego, what are the kinds of reactions that you come up against? For the most part, it's ha ha ha. I love Lego. I was so good at it. Full stop. That's where that's where the conversation ends. It's it's not something that that people will associate, as you said, with with the work environment. They perhaps think that if anything, this is something for a creative institution or agency, you know, for ways of coming up with crazy ideas, perhaps, or people who spend their entire days sitting on sofas and beanbags and, you know, basically messing around with their time. But the fact of the matter is, is it's an incredibly powerful tool, incredibly powerful. So it sounds like you're telling me that um, the there's a distinction, there's a division between the ideas of what is work and what is play and never the twain shall meet. Correct. So do you meet with resistance to in to using this as a tool? Yeah, so there, there really is, as you said, that people will just not see the connection between the two. However, once once in a room, and, and we can kind of really kind of break down what it is that, that that we're bringing to the table here and what it is that we're trying to achieve or kind of create as an output, then everything starts to make sense. Mm. But the conversation, it's difficult to get beyond, I love Lego, I was really good at it. And wow, I'm starting to really make some headway in my five-year strategic plan. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would um, be a, quite a jump. And I guess, you know, being really good at Lego, it tends to have that implication that I could follow the instructions and I could produce the thing that was on the picture in the box. It's not necessarily I have these this random collection of pieces and I can work with a team to create a metaphor of where we're trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the fact of the matter is that the play will always serve a purpose, will always serve a purpose. And this is where the skill of the facilitator really comes in. So it's very important to straight away, you know, ascertain a a code of conduct. In the same way that we do in coaching, it's creating that kind of listening environment. It's creating that kind of uh, psychological safety but also that that will to you know be there and, and, and create something. Mm. Furthermore, some of the keys in there is is to to look at the challenge versus the the kind of the the skill that we're able to create, alleviating the the, the kind of fears of what what we might be and you know potentially doing, and the uh, and the boredom aspect. You know, is this too, is this too silly? And not kind of pushing ourselves into that kind of that challenge of the, you know, we, we're we're trying to really look at ourselves as just as a you know a strategic entity, and hence during the the process uh, of the play, allow for what we call flow, that balance between the fear and the boredom, the challenge and the skill. Um. Therefore, you know, kind of really laying down that some of the drivers that we like to 
kind of associate with with Lego Serious Play methodology, which is you know the the construction, getting the stuff out of your head and onto the you know just basically out of yourself, basically. The metaphor you mentioned already, you know, the complexity killer, and uh, the storytelling. Yeah. Which is, you know, the, the, the fascinating, allow, you know, allowing ourselves to explore uh, with, with no risk. Yeah. There's no right or wrong. It's a story. And then ultimately it's, it's bringing imagination to life. Mm. And that's all of a sudden we, we, we've got an environment whereby we can, we can begin and we can kind of start to go through the process uh, that eventually will lead you to the PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. that you want to kind of show the, yeah. the five-year strategic plan that you want to kind of like file away somewhere. Yeah. And of, of course, it's it, from what I have seen about this, from what I know about this process, it is, um, it might look like it's completely random, but there is a, a, there's a very strong structure behind it to actually, if, as you say, the, the skill and the facilitation of getting people from possibly a place of resistance or not wanting to even um, let go enough to participate to an actual usable outcome at the end of the day. Yeah, so this is where warm-up exercises really make the difference. And what might that look like? I think so so there are some fun ones. And they they all need to be kind of kind of fun in a a way with, with that challenge, but also that building that skill, as I said. Uh, and the skills are those drivers that I mentioned. Mm. Um, we would we would allow um, the participants to, for example, create a tower, mm-hmm. create the most. I don't know. Am I giving it away too much? Create <laughs> the most beautiful and tall tower as you can. Okay. We all know what a tower looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Lego bricks, we all pretty much know how to stick them together in such a way as to very quickly mm-hmm. get to a, a solution. But then we need to start to build in the challenge. Mm-hmm. What if we were to tip that tower by placing a book underneath one corner? Would that tower stand up? So in that case, you know, half of the participants' towers will fall down because they built them too tall and thin. Um, and we can kind of think about that. Yeah. What were you trying to do? I never said kind of build the tallest tower. <laughs> but of course, the competitive gene kicks in, doesn't it? Exactly. I want to challenge myself in such a way as to kind of win something. Mm, I want to be the best. I want to get the gold star from the teacher. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then we could do things like create a duck. There's there are some standard pieces in in one of the sets that will create the duck, some yellow pieces and an orange piece for a beak, some eyes, and everyone creates the duck because we all know what a duck kind of roughly looks like. So in that case, it's not impossible. And does everyone come up with the same duck? And everyone comes up with the same duck, and then we say take away two pieces and tell us why this is still the best duck. Like duck haiku. Yeah. 
So people are then now forced into a situation whereby they need to start to explain what they've done and why they've done it mm -hmm. and tell a little story about that duck so that it is, in their mind, the best duck. Now, this is where the, the facilitation comes in. We are looking at an environment whereby there's no right and wrong. Mm. And if you are going to challenge, you challenge the model and not the person. Yeah. Yeah, because that I guess that's where the whole psychological safety comes in and that you know people are so self-conscious sometimes about doing something this silly uh, that, you know, to be not even able to do silly well, that's, I mean, that's got to really hurt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So we're, you know, we're, we're starting to build some of the, the skill sets up. Mm. And this can take quite a long time. And I'm guessing that the skill of interrogating the model and not the person is one of the key skills here rather than the actual building. As we start to move on, you know, this really does become really, really important. Mm. So if, if we don't get it right the first time, then we would have to come up with a, another version of the, the game the model making so you know it's 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 worth spending the time mm. you need to look at what's happening in the room you need to have a little think about who's getting what and where and how we can kind of help this process along so that we're at the best place to kind of get the most out of it mm. and then yeah so so you know things are going to start getting complex pretty quickly so you need to everyone in the room to be in the same place can I ask you, um, what sort of organizations or teams this works best for? Is this something for bigger organizations or is this something, you know, that maybe a boutique agency or something would also um, find value in? I'm currently not seeing a difference between either or. Mm. The fact of the matter is you get out of it what you want to get out of it. Ultimately, uh, I've worked this with, yeah, large organizations, 250 plus, and then, you know, through to organizations of less than 10 people. So their senior management team is all in the room. Like their entire organization is the senior management team who are, who are in the room looking to develop, you know, breakthrough businesses um, all the way through to, yeah, like, like I said, there's kind of like taking those boring five-year plans and, and, and reinventing them in a different way. Mm. And can I ask, uh, what um, is there an example you can give us of an organization that has just kind of had a major break breakthrough on the back of using this method? Yeah, there's 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 the um, the kind of the the larger ones. I think kind of like can really have a bit of a breakthrough because they've been going for. You know, some of them would have been there for 20 plus years and have always gone through the process of the PowerPoints and the flip charts mm. to get to a result. And the result has always been fairly similar, fairly standard. Um, and they've always been put away, filed away, and probably never really touched upon because... It's the same. And this way has really kind of allowed them to open their eyes as to what might be going on outside as well. And what might be 
the perception of different groups of people. The other beauty of this is that it really does bring that executive team together in such a way that um, they can now talk openly and freely. Mm. That's where I am in the current kind of financial um, organization. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, one of the things about this, uh, one of the things that made me really curious about it was, you know, the number of points that it's hitting in terms of how it helps us to learn, because, you know, you've got a whole bucket load of novelty in there. You've got playfulness. You've got the metaphor that we mentioned earlier. You're actually using your hands. So there's like a, a, a body brain connection for creating something. It's it's really is a fantastic tool. I do like it a lot. <laughs> so, um, I, not having not having actually tried the technique or kind of been part of a workshop or anything, um, I suppose. Yeah, that's, it, 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 definitely. It's on my on my bucket list for sure. But um, is it something that somebody can put themselves through, do you think? Or does this need to be part of a group? Is is that the, the trick to it or the secret to it? I think you'd probably struggle to do it on your own. Mm. I mean, I, I was going to kind of like kind of give you the the sort of rundown of the amount of kind of time it would really take to, to kind of get to any sort of result. And, and these things really should take four or five days. Wow. So there really needs to be commitment. And this is this is yeah. probably kind of going right back to the, the beginning of, of our conversation when you said, what is the resistance? Even if you get past the point of kind of A versus B in terms of what we should do, when you lay down a plan to say that you need to be stuck in a room What's for this amount of time and dedicate yourself to the process, because that skill building part, would take a, a day and it might be kind of like fun and interesting to do oh i can totally imagine though that on, you know on your own yeah but when it comes to some of the other parts when you really need to interact with other people i think yeah. you might miss a miss a trick really yeah but you know we, we, we're really looking at this point to kind of build some some landscape of where you as an organization are sitting in the world what are all the connections with the things that are happening? What are the external points of view, your own kind of value propositions versus what is the internal point of view? Mm. All three of those things need to sit somewhere in your ecosystem. And then you need to connect them and you need to explain why you connect them. And once you've explained that, can we bring in any other sort of, because this is we're just looking at right now. And once we get to the point of right now, we're now three days in. Mm. <laughs> when we want to look at the future stuff and bring that in and start to set some scenarios, and this is the beauty. When you set the scenarios and you look at what happens based on all the connections that you put together, the internal, the external, the value proposition that you're trying to impart on the world, all of a sudden you are playing with the... Uh, an entanglement, a very complex scenario, um, which I don't think you can kind of really get if you're doing it on your own. No, no. And of course, I, I am, I'm imagining, again, uh, just trying to put myself in that space of being in that group. I imagine that any um, kind of 
cultural issues in a company might be brought to the fore. You know, if if you have a, a very competitive environment, for instance, it would play out extremely differently than if you have a collaborative one. There's some really rather kind of um, difficult conversations that have, and again, that's where the facilitation comes in. <laughs> It's about, you know, steering through these situations in such a way that there's always a positive and purposeful act to what you're doing. And it's amazing that you, you kind of brought that up now. When it comes to the kind of the 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 team, we're looking to kind of build some simple guiding principles. And these simple guiding principles based on the scenarios that you set should help you to kind of give you perhaps what you you, you want to kind of add to your um, strategic plan. It's it's really quite uh, amazing how, you know, useful those kind of planters, yeah, well, those kind of basis points are for your, yeah, what it is that you're trying to create. Yeah, absolutely fascinating, Sinan. Thank you so much um, for sharing that with us. Uh, I I can definitely see why um, you're intrigued by it. I am too, I have to admit. Um, And yeah, I I, I can also imagine a room full of people wondering if they have something more important to do. But when you describe it like that and those outcomes and what it means for corporate culture and team culture, I'm not sure there is something more important to be doing, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the, 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 like you said, once you're in the room and you you know you've got past day one, the intensity of concentration that comes with it means you forget about everything else that's going on, genuinely. Mm. And and the, the the kind of the it take it takes a toll. You get to the end of the day and you really want a, a bit of a nap. It's not time for a kind of social. You know, let's take this to the bar. This is this is. I'm going to go home and have a little sleep. Thank yeah, you. that's that's the uh, the integration part of the of the learning, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the assimilation. You know, the the amount of conversation that comes off the back of one model. Yeah, can can be very you know intense, and it's it's it is wonderful because you, like I said, you genuinely feel the power mm-hmm. of what's happening. <sighs> well, right, I'm going to go and see where I can fit a Lego workshop into my calendar. (laughs) But thank you so much um, for taking the time to talk to me about that, because um, it is a really, really interesting uh, method and model. And obviously, we'll have all your details in the show notes. So anyone who thinks that they can use this or they can take something forward using this method, I would strongly recommend you get in touch with Sinan here. Yeah, I'm happy to answer any questions. Super. Thanks so much. I will see you on the other side. Yes, welcome. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines. And I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice, and bite-sized brain science every week.